0: And no matter what we are going through and what circumstances we are facing in our day to day, that does not change the fact that God is great and greatly to be praised. And, you know, I was um, sitting in um, uh, actually it started off in the morning. My son, uh, my my youngest son, who he's kind of a, a newsy type of guy, you know. He's always watching stuff and telling me different things because I don't really, you know, I figured why should I listen to CNN when God knows the latest and probably won't be all confusing and it probably won't be hearing oops later because they said something and it wasn't the right thing. So he was telling me, he said, Mom, did you know that the the stock market, this is a few weeks ago, the stock market did this and something else happened to that. And, you know, he was giving me all these details and I was like, ugh. I said, you need to turn off that channel you're watching because it's not helping. And so he said, well, Mom, you know, the, uh, uh, according to somebody, he said, we're in a recession. And so I, I, so I walked back to my room, and God said, hey, hey, hey. He said, uh, you're not in a recession if you are my possession." So I walked back out and told my son, I said, God just said to me, we are not in a recession if we are God's possession. You know, if you belong to God, you are not in a recession. And so as I was thinking about that and thinking about what I was going to minister when I got here, God began to deal with me about the mindset of this church or the one that God is trying to do uh, your pastors present to you, which is a mindset of being uh, not a squatter but an owner. You know, in the body of Christ, we've been squatting all the time instead of owning the stuff which was given to us to begin with. You know, come on now. We act like the world owns it, and we're just trying to get a little bit of it when the truth is God owns it, and, and we have it, and we're supposed to control it. But, you know, the Bible says, Occupy till I come. That means take control, seize the power. You know, I got a message out there called Dominate, Don't Tolerate. Come on now. It's time for the church to get up. We we need to shake ourselves and realize that this is daddy stuff. Come on now. From the from the from every car to every house to every you know, to the money in the bank, to the to the groceries, to the farm, it's all God's and the devil has been taking seizing control of it violently, but the violent must take it by force. Amen. Amen. So Father, we thank you today that you have divinely designed this time for me to be here, that you've uh, ordained me to walk with Pastor to help him to accomplish the will of God. For you set some in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we can all come into that perfect man that you intended to do your will. So, Father, because of that, we are who you say we are. We have what you say we have, and we're going to do what you've called us to do. No weapon formed against this service can prosper, for we speak that the will of God will be done in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you, here, sir, for being here to guide me and to lead me that I might teach and and minister to the people that which you've intended. We thank you for signs and wonders and miracles. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You know, how many of y'all have ever knew God had a right idea but kind of wanted to argue with God? Now, I can cast out lying devils, Pastor said I could. So I'm going to ask one more time, how many of y'all have ever kind of okay, That's a little bit better? You know, because all of us have a tendency from time to time to not be sure that what we're hearing is God and to think that maybe God's a little confused. <laughs> can I get a witness? And so when I when God began to talk to me about this message, I have a couple of um what I think are born burners. You know, I mean, the ones that have you up jumping around, swinging off the chandeliers type of message. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, when you haven't been somewhere in six, seven years and you want to make a good impression because you want to come back, you know what I'm saying? You want to preach those messages. But when, And so when I kept hearing the message that I'm going to minister, and I was like, you know, that's a great message, God, but what about, and then I'd hear it again. I said, "That's good, but what about?" Because you know what? We always want to preach the thing we like. We want to say the thing we like, and we want to do the thing we like. It's like I was telling Pastor them last night. I threw a pity party. I know none of y'all have never done that, but I did. And I threw this really huge one. And in the midst of the pity party, God put a note on. You know, you are doing bad when God puts a note on your door. So God puts this note on my door, and the note says that I need to take joy to destroy the power of the enemy. And, I mean, when you're throwing a pity party, the last thing you want to do is take joy. You know, and then I was pretty mad that God was even telling anybody that I was throwing a pity party that I need to take joy for. So I was all messed up to begin with. Amen, are y'all with me? But, you know, and, and I didn't really want to take joy because I really had some problems. And, you know, God spoke to me. He said, you know, joy is a weapon of mass destruction. The enemy is totally com- confused when you use it. He don't know what to do. He don't know what to say. He just has to leave you alone because he's totally, you know, he throws his best weapon at you, and you throw back some joy at him. He's totally off guard. He don't know what to do. So it took me a minute to get the revelation that God is God all by himself, and I needed to do what he wanted me to do. And, and when I did, I got a breakthrough. Everybody say Amen. Amen. Well, I want to start with Ephesians chapter one. But I'm going to read you a verse before we get to Ephesians chapter one. But you go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter one. You know, we 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 I was telling my church, you know, we have now we got these screens that write the Bible, we don't even have to read it no more. You know. When I was little, we used to bring the Bible to church and sit it on the pew, and the pastor would tell you the scripture. But you bought your Bible just because it looked good. You know, you go in church bring the Bible. I didn't even know you are supposed to open the Bible through my <laughs> young years because all my mother ever did was bring the Bible, put it on the seat, and then take it home with her. That's all I ever saw her do. She loved God with all her heart, but that's all I ever saw her do. We went to church religiously. I didn't get to do nothing without church. Are you understanding but you know, then I, I was amazed. People do read the book at church, and so now we've got this, and nobody reads the book anymore. And if you know, uh, if you don't read the Bible for yourself, if you don't develop a habit, then you don't know the truth. And if you don't know the truth, then you're not going to be free. The enemy's going to torment you. You know, you got to be able to come up with some this is written when the enemy attacks you. You know, you can't do what I think and what I feel. Well, before we read Ephesians chapter 1, Psalms 104, 24 says this. "O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. Well, I was, I got this scripture one day. And it says, the earth is full of God's riches. The earth is not full of the world's riches. The earth is not full of the stock market's riches. The earth is not full of, you know, man's riches. Uh, uh, one of my spiritual leaders said one day, he said, there's 444 billionaires in the United States. Now, that's, that's some information. 444 billionaires in the United States today they all, the, the least one has 1.8 billion dollars, and the the, uh, the greatest one has over 70 billion dollars, and there are four men, the Waltons, that have uh, uh, I mean Walmart, the Walmart for, all four of them inherited 26.5 billion dollars apiece. Now I'm confused about how we don't got no money. Because if 444 people got over a billion dollars, if everybody just got a chunk, we'd all be in good shape, right? I mean, if everybody, if he just gave us a little, everybody get a little, we all be, you know, like in the book of Acts, they, they divided it to everybody. If we got divided, according to somebody said, if we all got divided, the money that they had, we'd all have a million dollars. Can I get a witness? But you know what the problem is? The body of Christ is never going to come to uh, the greatest of what we're to do until we get a revelation that the money is not the world's. The money is God's. All the stuff that the money produces is God, The plan is God's. It's all about God, and we are to use it to accomplish the plan of God. So I'm going to read this scripture to you, and then I'll tell you what why I'm doing this message. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 says... That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now, the inheritance that we have in the saints is everything that pertains to life and godliness in the goodness of God. Are you with me? Now, the inheritance of the saints, the riches of the inheritance of the, uh, of the saints has got to do with the glory of God. Are you with me? Now, you're going to have to ha- hang on for a minute because I'm going to give you just a little bit of history. You know, the glory of God was established for the body of Christ. So you understand As we were going to progress, the glory of God is a part of who we are. I wanted to preach a message on going from glory to glory because, you know, everywhere there's struggle, there's glory. Come on, can I say that? You know, the Bible says in the world you will have tribulation. But he says be of good cheer because Jesus has overcome the world. Every time you overcome a struggle, that means you walk all the way through it, you get to the glory of God. And that's why we're going from glory to glory because we go from one situation to another. We're not going to ever not have situations. But we're always going to have the greater glory. Are you with me? Now, Moses in the, in, in Exodus, he, he's talking to God and he says, God, you know, I'm not going nowhere unless you go with me. And and, and God says, okay, I'm going to go with you. He said, that's how they going to know me or us, the Christians from the other folks, is you going with me. And he said, and so God said, that's right, I'm going. And so he says, well, you know, God, if that's the truth, show me your glory. This is what Moses asked. And so then this is what God says to Moses. He says, I'll make my goodness pass before you. See, it's the goodness of God. That leads men to to repentance, right? It's the goodness of God that gives you what you need. It's the goodness of God that meets all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Are you with me? And so he says, I'll make my goodness pass before you. He said, but behold, there is a place by me. This is God talking. Come on, somebody. I'm going to connect the dots in a minute. Just stay with me. He said, there's a place by me. That's the place that you find yourself in now as a believer. We are in that place with God, in in, in the presence with Christ, in in God's presence. We have been lifted together to heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? He says, there's a place by me, and I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock. Come on, somebody. So the truth is, the place you should live your life is your life should be hid in Christ come on now you should be in God hidden in God and the enemy shouldn't be able to find you he might be looking for you but every time he thinks he finds you he ought to find some more God Come on now, he ought to be finding some more of God. Now, this is the deal. If that is so, then the riches of God belong to the church. And the enemy cannot keep us from all the things that pertain to to life and godliness because they are for us, not hidden from us. They're hidden so we can get to it. They're all in the cleft of the rock. And your job is to stay put. How many of y'all say, boy, that's work too? It's work to stay put in the midst of the struggle. It's work. To, it's work to to stay in a place where you hide yourself in God and you don't quit and you don't back up and you know. How many of y'all got grown kids? They'll change your mind, won't they? <laughs> Can I get a win? You know, I mean, i if you have grown kids, all the goodness of God that I understood leaked out in about 15 minutes trying to deal with it. I had to re-up all my understanding. Can I get a witness? Because, you know, they're going through their life patterns just like we are. And, and you know, you your life is supposed to be here in the cleft of the rock. I got out the rock, got in my car, and drove over to their house. Can I get a witness? The rock is way back there somewhere, and I'm over here losing my mind. Uh, And I wasn't gaining the mind of Christ either. Can I get a witness? Anybody else had this experience? But that's because the riches of God that are for you are are being um, um, attacked by the plan of Satan to keep you from knowing who you are in Christ. See, the riches of God are not seen first. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute. The riches of God, you know, are not seen first because more than anything, they are not just out here in the atmosphere. They're not in your bank account. They're not in your savings account, but the riches of God are in you. And when, when they are in you, they draw the, the stick, uh, the, uh, the residue of, of of what's in you to you. When you have a mindset of, uh, uh, of, of being rich, in the things of God, then you take care of other people's needs. Yeah. Come on now, when your mindset changes, poor people, and, 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 if, and I mean, I, I have been poor many a day, so don't get mad. But poor people have a mindset of taking care of themselves. They're trying to make ends meet. Rich people are trying to figure out how to make things better. To change things, especially if you're rich in Christ. Now, turn with me to Colossians chapter um, 1, please. See, to be able to understand the wisdom of God, you need a revelation of Jesus. Is that not right? When you have a revelation of Jesus, you begin to understand that the riches of God are part of the inheritance in the saint. It isn't something I get to have. It's something that's due me. Because I, I belong to God, not because I've done something, but it's due me because I belong to God, and that's a part of my inheritance. You know if people when they leave an inheritance, they don't leave it for somebody else. they don't if your chi if you left this people planet and you were rich and you left the inheritance for your children, you wouldn't want some Joe down the street to get the money because the inheritance is for the children of God. Amen. And so God doesn't intend us to let somebody else get the money, but we're so busy thinking how hard it is. We don't even go for the money. Can I get a witness? Now Colossians. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about everything that belongs to God, because you know what? If you're rich and sick, you just want to be healed. You're not worried about the money. You know, if you rich, rich and sad, then you're not worrying about the money, you you know, the the, the the money part, you're worried about the sad part. So, you know, the riches of God are all the things that, that cause you to le- live healthy, wealthy and wise in this earth. Amen. All right. Now, verse 27, 26, let's start there. Even the mystery which has been hid from the ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to the saints, to whom God would make. Known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So the bottom line to the riches of God is that the the richest part of the understanding of the riches of God is that Christ is in you. He's not just coming up on you every now and again when you have a struggle. He's in you trying to live through you. So you listen to me, if Christ is in you, then how rich are you? the richest you you're not just better off you're not just okay you're the richest of the rich if christ is in you but most of us don't believe that that works like that because we think well you know we got to do this and we got to do that I, I hear what you're saying sister james i like you a lot but you're kind of confused <laughs> see the riches of the glory of god uh is which is christ in you is richer than all the riches of this world Because, first of all, let's just think simply. Jesus needed some money. He needed to pay his taxes. There we go again. We're coming to that season again. You can tell by how happy people are at tax season what they do. You know, when you get to a certain realm in the tax realm, they don't give you money back. They take money from you. Come on now. So Jesus had to have been at that realm because he, he had to give taxes. He wasn't getting no money back. Uh, you understand? So he goes out, and, and, and he says to the disciples, they're like, oh, my God, we got to give up this money. And Jesus says, go look, pull up the first fish that you come to and get the money out of his mouth. I have tried the fish. <laughs> Can I get a witness? Fishing, can, can I get a couple of girls in here? It's a girls' night tonight. So can you, fella? do you think fishing is a girls' type of a, uh, experience? No, because there's some stuff happening. I mean, you know, when you go to fish, the first thing they wanted me to do is stick a worm. I am not grabbing no worms, skewing no worm. That's not a girl thing to do. So when they figured out I wasn't going to do that, then the guy had these little bitty tiny fish they called minnows, and he wanted me to stick the thing through the minnow's eye. That is just sick. <laughs> so when I wouldn't do that, then he came up with a third. He said, okay, 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 you are so girly. I was like, yes, I am. So he said, just go over there to the can, open the can and get one of the little balls out, and you can fish with that. I went over to the can. I couldn't even get near the can. The can stunk so bad. I was like, I told him I am not touching anything that smells like that. And fish ain't gonna touch it either. He said, oh yeah, fish love it. Well, they shouldn't. I was thinking to myself, you must be catching boy fish. Cause a girl fish wouldn't get nowhere near that. <laughs> so I realized I was not a fisherman. So I said to God, I said, "Jesus, we need to have a talk. If you're planning on putting any money in any animals of me, how about a dog with a with a paper bag or something? Because <laughs> I'm not fishing. I'm telling you ahead of time, <laughs> you know. Now, nah, if you want me to command the fish up on the f- fish, jump up here for a minute." Let me look in your mouth. And so anyway, but Jesus had the ability to even know where all the riches of the earth were. Or either to, I mean, I don't know how it worked. I mean, maybe the, God said to the fish, hey, fish, go over to John's house, climb through the window, get the money. Then go back and get in the water because Jesus is coming and, and he's going to grab you or he's going to send somebody to grab you. again. I don't know how this works, but all I know is every fish don't have money in its mouth. Can I get a witness from any fisherman? But God knows which fish do. Are you with me? So, therefore, the riches of God are richer than any men because how many of you know that if all the rich people knew how to get money out of the fish's mouth, they'd be a lot richer? Is anybody with me? But the riches of God are not seen first, so they're not dependent upon just finances. You know, when you're when you're happy and healthy and your attitude is right, you're ready to own. Because it ain't nothing worse than an owner with a bad attitude. So, you know, maybe in and in, in while we're all here together, you know, everybody smile real big, maybe we need to do some attitude adjustment. So that we can own some stuff. So in Colossians chapter 2, if you read on down, I'm going to read out the Amplified Bible because I need to shout at you for a minute. You know, that's what the Amplified Bible is for. When you want to shout and you want to go long. Everybody say go long. Anyway, Colossians chapter 2 verse 2 says, For my concern is that their hearts may be braced, comforted, cheered, and encouraged. How I many of y'all want to be braced, comforted, cheered, and encouraged? That's a few of y'all. The rest of y'all want to be sad, mad, busted, and disgusted, right? Okay. As they are knit together in love. How many of y'all know that we ain't knit together in love? You know, we only love the people we love, and we only love them while they're making us like them. <laughs> the minute we don't like them, we could quit loving them, and we're not really interested in hanging out with them either. Amen? That they may come to have all the abounding wealth And blessings of assured conviction and understanding and that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly the mystic secrets of God, which is Christ and the the anointed one. So in other words, everything that we're trying to get to in the world for us who are born again, who love God, come from an intimate knowledge with Jesus. But what we're trying to do is everything but get a relationship that's stronger with God. We work in three jobs. We on the Internet trying to find a way we multi leveling and under leveling and re leveling come on now we joining this and becoming that we putting our money here we're watching the stock market we're doing all this but the Bible says if you're born again you have an inheritance in Christ and all you need to do to get to that inheritance is become more intimately uh, involved with God where your knowledge of God becomes stronger than your knowledge of man because then you begin to to live inside out and when you live inside out you push yourself into the realm of breakthrough are you with me i'm gonna go a little bit further verse three says in him all the treasures of divine wisdom of comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of god and all the riches of spiritual knowledge and enlightenment are stored up and lay hidden now listen man Everything that God intends to give you or for you to do. How many of you know we all got a destiny? How many of y'all got a destiny? Now, you, how many of y'all got a vision? Now, listen, if you don't have a vision, then that's probably the reason why you're lacking in provision. Because provision follows vision. If you don't have no need for the money, why should God give it to you? Because obviously the other people that had no need for the money and stored it up have done all the wrong things with it. So God's really interested in giving the financial breakthrough to people that have a vision to do something with the money once they get it. Oh, it's really quiet in here. I don't like it because, see, the knowledge of God is going to cause you to have a purpose. Every person on the face of the planet that is in Christ should have a purpose for Christ. Amen. See, the blessings, when you begin to know God in a complete sense, the wealth and blessings show up on their own. Because when you know God, you have a reason for doing what you do. You're walking in purpose. And when you walk in purpose, you get into position. You cannot Define this life without a position in God. You got to know where to stand and you got to know how to stand and you got to be willing to stand and having done all to stand, you got to keep standing. Amen. Now, turn to Mark chapter 10. Now, the reason I told you I was going to mention this, the reason why God had me preach this message, I mean, I don't try to be God or say, but the part I know about it is that God is. It is really trying to release some things to the church. Now, I go back to the conversation I had with God when God said, well, you're not in a re, uh, recession if you're my possession. He said, go tell, not everywhere that I go, but he said, when I tell you to go tell the body of Christ that this is not what it looks like. I mean, it looks kind of bad in the natural with the money and the, all the things that have to do with the money. You know, it looks like you know. I mean, only thing that we have had a hopeful thing happen is gas prices that went down. But the stock market is still kind of shaky, and and you know we're trying to bail out the the whole banking system. Yeah. You know, we gave them seventy billion dollars to the same folks that jacked it up before. Now that means they got <laughs> we got dummies giving out the cash. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I ain't trying to be funny, but I'm not giving you some more money to mess up. Seventy billion dollars. You could well, couldn't they just bail us all out with the seventy billion dollars? I mean, why don't they just give it this every family I'm a, we're gonna we go split the seventy billion dollars, we could give these idiots up and we'll split it up with y'all and everybody'll get a a chunk of cash. How many of y'all wanna vote for me to be president? You approve this message? Okay. But that's because you realize that God intended the church to run the earth. And so the plan, that's why you remember when Pharaoh had the dream. I don't have time to preach on this, but Pharaoh had this dream, and he was all confused about what the dream was about. And Joseph had already done a dream and helped the baker out and the Wasn't too good for the butler. I mean, the butler out and the baker kind of was bad for him. But so anyway, the butler was supposed to open the door because that's what butlers do for Joseph. But, you know, Joseph was going from glory to glory. So the butler didn't open the door. You with me so far? But then finally, when the time was right, when Joseph was right in the middle of destiny, Pharaoh dreamed a dream that he had no clue about. And so the butler then remembered Joseph, told Pharaoh that, that Joseph was there. Joseph came and interpreted the dream and came to second in command and and you know and then it gets back to the destiny that Joseph had when he dreamed the dream to begin with, that his brothers would bow down to him and his father and his mother. And so here they come bowing down and the dream is fulfilled. You got to have an understanding that God is not mocked. And whatever he tells you to do, he's go do. Now it might not look like it. So here comes this guy in Mark 10. He he comes up and he goes, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's a rich dude. Everybody say amen. This is the Nancy version of the Bible. You can get it when when I finish writing it. It says, verse 18 and jesus said unto him why callest me thou me good there is none good but one that is god thou knowest the commandments do not commit adultery do not kill do not steal do not bear false witness defraud not honor thy father and mother and he answered and said unto them master all of these things have i observed from my youth and then jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him one thing thou lackest how many of y'all would love to have jesus say Hey, but one thing you're doing wrong I mean, wow. He says, he says, one thing you lack, just one thing, go thy way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up your cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possession. And Jesus, looking round about, saith unto his disciples, how hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God. Now, this messed the disciples up. The Bible says they were astonished, verse 24. It says they were the, the astonished. They were like, what? What did you just say to us, Jesus? What? Because you, know you know why they were saying that, because all them boys was rich. Because, you know, if you're poor, you don't go, really? You'd be like, yeah, Jesus, I understand, because them rich people, they are really crazy. <laughs> they don't ever do the right thing. But when you rich, you be like, they were astonished. They were like, what? What do you mean? And he says, there's nothing that's impossible for him. Amen. But it's hard for people who trust in riches. Now, I'm going to give you all a revelation here. The problem with the body of Christ is we're trusting in riches instead of trusting in God. And God can't get the money from us, so he can't get the money to us. Because he's got to get be able to get it through you to get it to you. Are you with me? And so God said to me when I was when I was arguing. We weren't arguing. I, well, I was arguing because he, he knows your thoughts. So I was arguing. I didn't say a lot, but I was arguing. You know what I'm saying? And so he said, you need to tell them, this church, that I'm trying to get a whole revolutionary experience for this community to them. I'm trying to bring them into my riches, which are the true riches instead of momentary gain, which is does not remain and all the things that, pastor has been doing and starting programs and things to help the community is so that you can have all the riches to do with what you need to take care of the community and so that the governor and the mayor and the city councilman will end up coming to you to say what must we do so what god spoke to me two or three weeks ago he says this is not what it looks like he said, the truth is, if for the people who live inside out, that means live looking at the inside, not watching the outside, they will understand this is the wealth transfer. The world's got to lose it before we can gain it. It's got, it's got, come on, somebody's it got to, uh, come on, somebody's it got to, they got to take, lose possession of it for us to gain it. So yes, it is true. The money is bad for them. They're losing it. They don't know what to do with it, but it will turn to the hands of the church so that the church can accomplish the will of God. So, you know, how are we going to get it the same way that they got it, it when they left Egypt? The Bible says they left Egypt and they, they spoiled Egypt on the way out. They walked up and said, hi, I love you. You know, you're an idiot. You don't know what to do with those. I'd like those diamonds, those rings, all that. Girl, you're looking good. I like all of that. Taking it with me as I go. And the Bible says this amazing thing. They took all their stuff and then they were sitting in the house later going, why are we getting all our stuff? Mary, did you give the slaves all of our stuff? Yeah, we did. And then they said, well, let's go get our stuff. they like, God was saying, you shouldn't do that. Just stay on at the house, stay at the house. They, they went after it, and you know the rest of the story. The horse and the rider thrown into the sea. So anyway, <laughs> I like that point. Now, now with, with, verse 27, I want to finish this. When Jesus looking upon them saith, with men it is impossible, but with, not with God. For with God all things are possible. Then Peter uh, began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Now, he's trying to get his bearings because, first of all, they got, he's got this big business, this shipping business, so he's got money. Jesus just said the rich guys can't enter into the kingdom of heaven. So he's trying to figure out, now, I'm in a little trouble here. Let me see if I can give Jesus. We have left all and followed you. We've been going with you. And Jesus says back to him, there's no man that's left houses, fathers, sisters, brothers, money, uh, jobs, in there for my sake, that will not receive a hundredfold in this time and eternal life. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what he's saying to him is, look, I understand that you have given up all to follow me. And I understand that you are rich but you're not going to be missing anything because your following me has corrected the richness because obviously you're not trusting in your riches to get you where you're going. You're trusting in me because you're following me. Now there's some people that have money and they're sitting on it. You got to let go of it. There's other people. And I'm talking about for the church to do the will of God. There's other people that don't have any money. Therefore, you are like Isaac. The Bible says Isaac sowed in famine and received in that year a hundredfold. But the key to all of it, whether you are sowing in famine or whether you got a bunch, is that you got to learn how to let go of it so God can use it and bring it back to you. Are you with me? Now, I want to close with this thought. Thank you very much. Ephesians chapter three, turn over there. I'm, I'm going to make somebody shout. Anybody bring anything to shout about today? Uh, I'm, thank you for the one shouter. Could somebody help her out so she don't have to shout alone? Yeah, now, verse 8 it says, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is the grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which is, from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, The plan of God is to get the riches of God into the hands of the people of God. The kingdom of God within us is hiding the riches. And you push them out by your loyalty to the plan of God, the the purposes of God, the pursuits of God. Are you getting this? I'm talking about in every area, riches of of, of of grace and mercy and truth. It all comes inside and out. Now, listen to me. What's happening to you outside is to keep the riches of God from being able to be exposed that are inside you. Are you with me? And so here's the deal. If you read the Amplified Bible, this is what I was going to make you shout about. I was reading this and the bible says in the amplified to me verse eight though i am very the very least of all saints god's consecrated people this grace favor and privilege was granted how many y'all realize you are at least the least of the people of god how many y'all am i talking to See, I'm I'm at least, the least, uh, but it says I have favor and privilege. How many of y'all want some favor and privilege? Was granted, and and that favor and, and privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to you to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ. Let me come over here. I was unending. come on somebody. the wealth of God is unending. they can't listen. It can't be a recession. His money don't end. Come on now, I'm not with the world and their problem because God's money is unending. it's boundless. it goes from this world to the next world. it meets every need and then some extra. it gives everything we need and everything the world needs if they'll trust amen. I like this one. This is my favorite Fathomless. You can't, you can't fathom the things that God has prepared for the church eye has not seen, ears not heard, he, neither is the mind imagined the plan that God has for the church, not for the world, for the church. I mean, the things that God, listen to me, do not be deceived in this hour. God is not mocked, and this church will be a glorious church, and we will go out as a glorious church, not a broke, beaten down, weak need, can't barely making a church. We're going to go out in the splendor, and the the glory of God. We're going out as the head and not the tail above and not beneath. We're going out healed, delivered, and set free. But my favorite word, my very favorite word, pastor, is incalculable. Hey, they got, they got four hundred and forty-four men in the world that they have calculated their money, but the Bible says that the riches of God are incalculable. You can't calculate them. You can't count it up. You can't make it up. And so therefore the church must arise, shake yourself and know that this is our finest hour and God will be glorified. Stand on your feet. Now listen to me. I'm telling you, the devil is a liar, and God is being glorified. Don't, don't listen to the press of this world. Don't listen. Don't listen to what they're saying. They, they don't know. They think they're telling the truth, but they are not. Do not get caught up in feelings concerning the world's plan. Money cometh to the body of Christ. If you're struggling financial, healing is the children's bread. Deliverance is the children's bread. Don't get caught up in the things that are happening to them. They can't help it, but we can't help it. It's going to happen to them, but we are the answer. We have the answer inside of us. How many of y'all got Jesus inside of you? That's the answer to every problem. That's what I want to do before I do anything else. Just with every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't do this every time, but you know, there's a couple of people in this room. You're not in the right spot. God showed it to me as I was preaching and you need to fix it. You know, you, 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 you've been murmuring and complaining and worrying and feeling sorry for yourself. Maybe because you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life. So he doesn't have control or maybe he is Lord and you just lost control. But either way, God wants to seize control to get you to the victory, to get you to the place of breakthrough, the place that you break out of that hard place. There's financial gain in the body of Christ. We're about to spoil Egypt and take their stuff. And we're going to be walking in the glory of God, but not not to just have some stuff and to be doing the wrong thing with it, but to take care of the widows and the orphan to maintain this country and make sure that everything is okay. This is God's earth, not ours, amen, and not the world's. So this is a season for you to get a breakthrough. And I'm here to give it to you because God's, God has given the man of God a plan that's going to cause this community to be victorious. And you're not here by accident. You were divinely drawn here by God so that you could be a part of that plan and so that he could, he could increase you in the things of God. So if you know you've been worrying and complaining and feeling sorry for yourself, murmuring, talking ugly, whatever your deal is, just raise your hand right quick. You know what? I want you to step up here right now. We're going to pray. If you've never asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, I want you to come up right away.